1: Ladies and gentlemen, Roto-Grinders, welcome back to The Blitz Week 3. My name is Alex Dunlap. You can find me on Twitter at Rosterwatch. Hear me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio. And find all my content over at Rosterwatch.com. Joined by the, not the namesake, I always want to say that, but the creator, the curator, the purveyor, the provider of the Blitz projection system for NFL DFS and the bat projection system for MLB DFS, he is Derek Cardi. You can find him on Twitter, at Derek Carty. And also joining us, the Chief, Will Priester, at Chief justice 6 on Twitter. You can find his content all over the Roto-Grinder streets through all the various sports. And believe it or not, not the big loser last week in our four-man, despite being uh, handed a quarterback that he didn't want. That award goes to one Mr. Derek Cardi, who apparently had a much better week on DraftKings than he did on Fanduel. Um, speaking of last week, Cardi, uh, just, let's just let's just parlay it into this week. Let's let's pretend that Chris Herndon walks up to you on the street there in <laughs> there in New Jersey and says, "Cardi, I screwed you last week. I did it on purpose. Everybody was hurt. It didn't matter. I didn't I I, I didn't want you to win the four man. But how how do I win a DFS this week? What are you going to tell him?"
2: First, I'm going to be the one to punch him in the face because most weeks someone walks up to me, they kick me in the nuts, they cough in my face, they do something, and they ask for fantasy advice, which is a weird way to go about it. But if the guy that screwed me over last week comes up to me, I don't even know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell him, I'm going to tell him, look, you were a great play last week. You're probably going to be a great play this week, and no one's going to play you. So maybe do something this week, and that—that's how you'll win. Um, but uh, it's. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a good week actually for, for DFS. Like there's almost too many good plays. Like we had week one and there were basically no running backs. We wanted to play this week. There's legitimately like seven cash game viable running backs. There's several good wide receivers. There's a few good tight ends. Uh, It's a good week. I'm legitimately looking at like five for five swaps in cash games that are, like, just as good as each other. Like, it's that kind of week. So there, there's a lot to get into, I think. Chief, what
1: about you, what about you brother? If we're talking about this slate, 10,000-foot view, we know that Cardi's more of the cash game mind. This show uh, is going, going out on YouTube this week, so um, we probably are going to have some new viewers and some new listeners since it is free. Of course, everybody can find uh, Cardi's blitz system over on rotogrinders.com. You can pull that into Lineup HQ. Super, super easy to do. We always start out, though, with our kind of general overall views on the slate. So Cardi's given his. Chief, let's hear about you and, and the people will keep in mind that you're more of a tournament player.
3: Yeah, I think, you know, for this week, when I look at this slate, I feel like the slate is backloaded heavily with quarterback. Um, when I pull this slate up, when, when I look at the quarterback. What does quarterback,
1: that mean? I- what does that mean, backloaded heavily?
3: That means I, I feel like most of your quarterback production is going to come from the four o'clock games, not the one o'clock games. That that's my and there are a few in that one o'clock area, and, and by a few I mean maybe one or two that I feel like mm, you may want to get some exposure. I think most of the quarterback performances that you you're going to want are going to be in this four o'clock area, um, and we'll get to that. But I mean, it is it there is there are a superfluous number of players in this four o'clock area at the quarterback position that I think you're going to want to get your hands on, which is going to lead to some, uh, dare I say, facade scoring in the early games because people are going to look feel feel really good about their lineups until these four o'clock games kick off.
1: Is it a good week? Is it a fun week? Is it, is it a good week for tournaments? I know you thought it was a good week for tournaments last week. Do you think it's a good week for tournaments
3: this week? I think it's a good week for tournaments every week.
1: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) We only have so, so, so many of them, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's always a good week. Uh, There's always some leverage, especially, you know, as we take a look at ownership a little bit later, which I know we're going to look at, you know, what, what the blitz has to say. I I, I like a few things in the blitz this week that even though it's for cash, I still think it's going to benefit us for tournaments, but you know, there's always going to be some ownership that's really concentrated that we can leverage and parlay into some other players that on another week would have much higher ownership.
1: Well, everybody knows that the, uh, that the Blitz is, is Cardi's very profitable projection system. And uh, since we're going out on, on YouTube, just a reminder to you guys, if you could like, subscribe, uh, everything here on the channel, we'd certainly appreciate that. Any comments, thumbs up, I don't know, all the YouTube stuff, ring, ring, ring the bell so you're alerted. For notifications when stuff comes on and just another quick pitch just like as long as we're going out to everybody here you guys should really look into the blitz it just all what you do is you go to rotogrinders.com look for the picture of cardi look for his look for his uh, nicely manicured hair cardi do you do you get your hair cut during during the pandemic or like do you do it yourself how did you do how did you manage to keep your hair looking nice
2: yeah, I hadn't cut my hair since February up until about two weeks ago, and then I finally caved and I, I've gotten one haircut um, because the numbers were down and you know I just kind of I needed to do it. <laughs> it was getting out of control.
1: You live up there in New Jersey, man. I guess probably it might be looking down here in Texas. It's like the Wild West, man. You go go get your haircut back in back back in May if you wanted to. Um, but uh, but anyway, so just look for Cardi's beautiful hair. Look for his look for his photo. It says the Blitz. Click on it. You can purchase it there. You can bring it into lineup HQ. You can you can optimize lineups using it. And it's been a it's been a super, super powerful tool, not only this year, but in previous years. And so we're gonna be moving on to week three because look, guys, last week is in the books. Now it's time to review the tape and prepare for this week. Now, there's no better place to get in on all the action than with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. To add to this week's excitement, DraftKings has a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs. And if you haven't tried DraftKings yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, pass, catch. It means more with DraftKings. It's simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing as to the excitement of watching the game, quite like having a million dollars of prizes at stake. DraftKings has paid out billions of dollars to winners since 2012, so they know a thing or two about cold, hard cash. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code DFF. Delta, Foxtrot, Foxtrot. For a limited time, new users can get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes this week. Don't miss out on the week three action. Enter code DFF. To get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes with your first deposit, that's go DFF, only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligible restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Okay, boys, we got all, our, all, all of our topics to get to for everybody who hasn't been on here. We go quarterback. We go running back. We go wide receiver. We go tight end. We will then have our blitz survey question. We will then pick the quarterback that uh, the big loser will use against us as his conviction play. Uh, or we will use the quarterback that we will have the loser use against us in the four man, and then we'll get our four man conviction plays, our favorite plays of the slate that we guarantee each other we will be using against one another in the four man. All right, that's a lot of stuff, boys. Uh, let's get to the plays, man. Let's start out of the quarterback spot. Um, we have here at the very top, it looks like what's going to happen is that uh, Cardi, can we just start with you? Is, is, is the Blitz just auto? Putting in Kyler Murray and that's just kind of what's happening. Yeah, Kyler Murray
2: is the only cash game player this week. Don't <laughs> play anyone else at quarterback in cash games. In GPPs, you can certainly do a lot of different things, but in cash, it's Murray. He projects as the number one quarterback on the slate in terms of raw points by like two points. Um, he projects as the top point per dollar quarterback on the slate by like half a point per dollar. It's uh, it's just clearly Kyler Murray. Like. The team total is enormous. It's over 30. I think it's the highest team total they've ever had. They are the most pass-heavy team in football, one of the most uh, fast-paced offenses in football. There's just, you know, he can score points with his legs. There's just no reason to play anyone else. And I know some people are going to say, well, what about Russ? Like, Russ has a high team total. Russ is really good, too. Um, and uh, don't play Russ in cash games. Play play Kyler. Um, for one thing, Russ is more expensive. For another thing there's more uncertainty I think with what the Seahawks are actually going to do. Like everyone is like, let Russ cook and Oh, the Seahawks are letting Russ cook this year. And um, yeah, sort of, but I think uh, it's, it's potentially more overblown and has more uncertainty than people want to believe it does. Like in week one, they went super past heavy and everyone freaked out. In week two, they were back on the running side of things. And so this is a team that historically has loved to run the ball It's not like they've come out and said, we're just going to let Russ throw a bunch this year. Like that didn't happen. It's just been speculation. And so especially as, you know, like a six-point favorite or whatever they are, if they wind up with a lead, you know, a six-point or a a touchdown lead or a touchdown and a half lead or two-touchdown lead, are they really going to keep letting Russ throw the ball or are they going to lean back on what is familiar to them and run the ball and try to run the clock out and win the game that way? And so I like Russ. I think he's awesome. But for the extra price and with the extra uncertainty, it's just entirely unnecessary because, like I said, the Cardinals are the most pass-heavy team in football. Even if we think the Seahawks are going to become more pass-heavy this year, they're still not the Cardinals in that regard.
1: Chief, you mentioned that it was, I think you said, a back-loaded slate with these afternoon guys. As I look at the afternoon uh, games, for one, man, thank God the NFL finally gave us five games in the afternoon how cockamamie has this jump in with only three games with so much action at the beginning. And then, you know, we get, you know, even if you're watching red zone or something, you still have sometimes when Hanson's got to hop on there. Cause there's commercials across all three games. It whatever it's five games will probably have action all through the, all through the afternoon commercial free. But as I look at these, I, I, I mean, I guess I see what you mean because the Dallas Seattle game and then the Detroit Arizona game, uh, I can I've heard people talk about all four of those quarterbacks, Matt Stafford, Kyler Murray, of course, Dak Prescott, of course, Russell Wilson. But are are, are there any others in the afternoon, or did you mainly mean those those four?
3: And I, I think you need to get some Justin Herbert this week. Um, what? Okay. That's I a care, awesome. hear about it. Kara, listen – Carolina's my team and all, but listen, they are, <laughs> They're bad. they can't stop a nosebleed. Uh, you know, <laughs> we've got, you know, Tom Brady out here, which, you know, we got ran up on at the end of the game by, by Leonard Fournette, but you know, they were moving the ball at will. You know, we saw what Mike Evans was able to do with, with, you know, very little help in the passing game. You know, I looked at some numbers on between, you know, last week with Herbert, Hunter Henry and Keenan Allen just blew me through the water. I, I think, you know, and I I think Herbert's going to be up there by, by the end of the day. And, you know, he's got some some uh, some ability to kind of scamper a little bit if he gets in trouble. We know that he's a younger quarterback. So the progression of his reads, I think. Look, I, I think he's going to be fine. But you know, when you're young, you look at Kyler Murray last year, doesn't have the same impact as he did this year. The read progressions will be a little bit slower, I think. For that reason, you know, I, I think we're going to get, you know, Herbert running just a tad. Uh, I'm not saying 10 or 15 times, but a few scampers for some yards. Uh, And I think this is a great week to load up on this this Chargers passing attack. Uh, Justin Herbert's going to be in my tournament pool for
1: sure. Well, here's the thing. It sounds cockamamie to you guys. which is probably the first time you've heard anybody mention Justin Herbert. But what if I told you that last week it seemed very cockamamie to us that Chief said that his top play across the whole slate was Stephon Diggs. It sounds perfectly normal now after Stephon Diggs went out and did what he did last week. Well, well listen, like-
3: Her- Her- Herbert isn't even my top quarterback on the slate, but I'm saying from the afternoon games, he's one of my favorites.
1: Oh, right, 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 right. But I'm, ju- I'm just saying, Chief has sharp takes about these guys that uh, other, other people aren't aren't necessarily on. So uh, take 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 that uh, for what it could be worth. Anybody, speak, speaking of digs any, anybody on Josh Allen this week? It seems like the matchup is finally a lot harder. I mean, he did what he's been able to do. Who has he played? We played the Dolphins, and before that, was at the Jets. So he's he, he's played two bad teams. Um, now now he gets the Rams. We've actually, man, those guys have gotten coached up. They're playing really really well uh, on the defensive side of the football, despite some losses at the linebacker position. Uh, are you guys still on Josh Allen, or is it just? I mean, for a hundred bucks less, it's Kyler Murray. I think I know your answer, Cardi. But uh, what about you, Chief? Any interest in Josh Allen? I mean, he's he's been he's been just
3: purely awesome so far yeah well you know a lot of that is if you look at it the first game he did have you know more rushing yards and a rushing touchdown against the Jets last week he pretty much got it done through the air which was my expectation against the Dolphins uh this week I think it's going to be more of a combination of of both I don't I don't think he gets past two, 280 yards passing this week and I haven't I haven't even looked at any props on Allen but I don't see Allen having any props over 300 yards against the Rams. I just don't see how that's going to come together. So, and I actually think he gets more so around 250, 240 through the air and maybe about 40 or 50 on the ground, which means he's going to have to be incredibly efficient. Like he's going to have to at least get a rushing touchdown and maybe two passing touchdowns. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying at 6,900 on DK, I like him for a tournament play because I know the ownership is going to be low. Um, but overall, you know, he's probably going to get the X button for me. I don't feel like I need him today. I've got two cheap quarterbacks that I'm going to be hammering to get in uh, that I think have, you know, more upside because of the matchup.
1: Well, Cardi, I mean, if you don't – is Kyler just the only play? Is it just – I mean, is there anybody else that's popping up in the Blitz Optimals? I mean, does the Blitz have any DAC? Does it have any – like, let's say that I was going to pull the Blitz projections into lineup HQ – and I was going to set a rule that I didn't want any more than you know, 40% Kyler, who, who would it be giving me? Who, who would it be giving me? Who else does it like?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, you'd have to set the limit to not get a whole bunch of Kyler, but you'd be getting, you'd be getting some Russell. Uh, you'd be getting some Matthew Stafford, for sure, because the game script is good there. It's in the dome. Um, you know, the game's going to be paced up because Arizona is so fast. Uh, you'd be getting some Mitchell Trubisky as probably like one of the cheat guys because he's going into a dome against this really bad Atlanta defense. They're so um, bad. So- yeah. Uh, so Trubisky, I really like in GPPs, like stacking him with Allen Robinson and running it back. Stop to- it.
3: Stop it. You, you, you're, you're taking all my GPP takes. Sorry. Party. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah, I mean, I love, I love that running back with Gurley or Ridley, especially if Julio's out. Um, I, I think he's fantastic. Uh, you probably get a little bit of Carson Wentz too, and especially with Jalen Rager out, that target tree is going to be a little bit more condensed. So I think stacking him with with one or two of of Ertz, Goddard, and Jackson, um, you know, would make sense. And and he's well enough priced just on his own.
1: What do you guys think about like as I move down here? It's like I'm I'm looking at some. I I just I don't want to get out of this top tier though without asking Chief about his boy Cam. I mean Cam's Cam's been awesome, and I noticed that the that the um, you know, I also noticed that the Patriots' defense is kind of cheap this week. They 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 seem a little bit too cheap. I mean, it it feels like Bill Belichick's going to be able to scheme some things up against. I I mean, talk about the, some paper tigers that these Raiders are at two and zero. Oh. You feel like you feel like Bill Belichick's probably going to bring the heat against these guys. Maybe give Cam Newton some short fields, and he does seem like their goal line back. Are are, are you playing Cam at all this week? Is 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 he in your tournament pool, Chief?
3: Yeah, Cam is Cam is my number two quarterback from the one o'clock games, and I know, I know that sounds weird, but I, to, for me this week, just to kind of keep myself honest, I kind of said, I know I want more quarterbacks from four o'clock. Who are the guys I like at one o'clock? And that's pretty much how how I've been approaching this slate, almost as if they're two different slates combined. So Cam is my number two quarterback from the one o'clock games, uh, and I'm only going to play two quarterbacks from the one o'clock from the one o'clock games. He's my number two guy. Uh, Definitely a guy like, you know, he's had, I think, 13 and 11 rushing attempts, 13 and 15 rushing attempts. I think that's going to be somewhat of a staple for their offense. And he's not just going to, you know, they're not necessarily scheming him up too much in the open field. They're really scheming him up more so in the goal line. So, um, you know, in the open field, you'll get some of those big home run home run runs. Um, If he gets into any type of trouble, what I was impressed more about when I saw him play against Seattle was his accuracy was pretty good last week, even on some of his downfield throws. So if he can do that um, against the Raiders, which he should be able to, uh, I think I think we'll get another, you know, 25 point performance from Cam. I'm not relying on touchdowns at the goal line every week. I know that can't that's not sustainable. But if the rushing attempts are there, I at least know we've got a floor of, let's say, 40 yards rushing with him, which should help him, you know, keep him in the conversation.
1: Well, So you said earlier, Chief, that you had two cheap guys you were looking at. One of them was – one of them was Justin Herbert. Have you already mentioned the other? Is it Trubisky?
3: Oh, it's definitely Trubisky. Uh, You're going to see a theme on this show as long as Atlanta is on the main slate. I have committed to playing every quarterback against Atlanta until they (laughs) prove me wrong. Uh, I'm, I'm playing Trubisky hands down. He's my number one rated quarterback at one o'clock going to have massive exposure to him. He, we, we already know he has some rushing ability anyway. You throw that in with the fact that, you know, Atlanta's secondary has just been God awful against all these receivers. I mean, we, we saw what Dak was able to do last week. We saw what happened the week prior. I just think, you know, with, with Russell Wilson, I think it's a similar situation, uh, with, with Trubisky here I think he's going to be able to push the ball downfield I'm not going to talk about the other guys I like from that game because I want to keep us honest in terms of position by position but I'm telling you right now Tr- Trubisky is my number one ranked quarterback at one o'clock he's my number two ranked quarterback overall behind Kyler Murray that's how high I am on Mitchell Trubisky this week
1: are, are you are you, are, are you splitting up these slates for your, for your tournaments? Are you playing just the 1 p.m. or are you playing the 4 p.m.? Or are you just saying, like, I, I, I like my quarterbacks to have the hammer a little bit later, and so that's why you – Yeah, I, I
3: mean, and that, that's just kind of a this week thing. Um, I don't you do that typically. But like I said, when I open up the slate and I saw so many quarterbacks at 4 o'clock, I know I can't play them all. So I kind of had to rank them and say, okay, who do I like at 1 o'clock? Who do I like at 4 o'clock? And that way, you know, I keep myself honest as I go through my progression.
1: Fair enough. We keep ourselves honest here as we go from position to position. You guys have anything else on
2: quarterback? Otherwise, you forever hold your peace. I got, I got one really off the board one for you. Let's tear it. Not, not on his own. Not, not naked. But Sam Darnold in a jet stack. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. And and not because I like Sam Darnold. Not because I, I like the Jets. I haven't but looked Because start, everyone's but. hurt. The target tree is so condensed, and everyone is. We're going to do this again. Are we going to do this again? Go back oh, to the God. Jet. Are we, we can gonna do, do it this again, again, especially especially if they close the roof tomorrow cuz then he's in a dome, then you have, you know, like a bunch of 3K guys who are going to get 20% of the target share um, in good conditions and and they're free and you get everything else. Like it, it might not be necessary on this slate, but if you really want something completely off the board where you can just get all the good stuff with it, it's it's the Jets. When are we going to learn that Adam Gase just sucks? I'm he's terrible. This. He's straight-up terrible. Gonna gonna, he's going to try to run the ball as much as he can, even while they're down three touchdowns. But at some point, he's going to have to start throwing a little bit. And, uh, I mean, they're, they're, what, like a 12-point underdog? Like, if he's not actually throwing the ball in the second half in this game, like, there's it's a problem. And maybe he won't, but on the chance that he does, that he's at least smart enough to think, you know what, we're down this much, we're going to throw um, – with, at the prices, like I really think there is uh, there is
1: some value there. Adam Gates can take a long ass walk off a short ass pier for all I'm concerned, man. Just just right off right off the side of it, just walk right down the plank. Let's move on to the running back position, and right at the very top we have Ezekiel Elliott. Jamino has him probably at somewhere around twenty twenty one percent owned. But I, I look, Cardi. Let me just go right back to you because I made my cash lineup on back on Wednesday. And I was like, Oh, easy, easy money. Maybe no one will catch on. But of course I'm putting in Miles Sanders. Of course I'm putting in Jonathan Taylor. And of course I'm putting in Kenyon Drake. And I just figured, I'm just like, look, man, that's it. Uh, I'll get in Ceedee lamb. I'll do some of this other stuff. Um, see about if there's a way I can fit in Kyler, pay down at tight end, boom, easy money. Now I get around to Saturday." And it feels like that's the sort of the chalk build. Like, are those three running backs popping with you? Do you find that you can get them all three in?
2: Yeah, so those are definitely, definitely going to be, I think, the three chalkiest guys. That's going to be probably the most likely combination in cash games. I don't think they're the only guys you can play, though. Like, they're obviously great plays. We can talk about them. But I think there's another three or four guys that you can legitimately consider cash plays. And it's just that a lot of the kind of, a lot of the group think and the, the popular analysis out there is kind of centering on these three, but like Zeke, Zeke is awesome this week. Zeke is going to be too low owned. Zeke is a borderline cash play. I'm not going to do it um, because I'll just go with the chalk because they're all kind of similar, but uh, like Zeke is awesome this week. And I think people are maybe often because they're, they're the underdogs, but like they were playing from behind all last week and they were still running the ball a lot. And Zeke is involved in the pass game a ton and they're a super fast paced offense. They're going to run a bunch of plays to help Zeke. And the touchdown equity is high for Zeke because he's like their only guy inside the five yard line. So like Zeke is awesome this week, um, especially on FanDuel. He, you you pretty much play Zeke on FanDuel, I think. And on DraftKings, I definitely be heavier in GPPs. Um, on the other side of that game, Chris Carson is a borderline cash option. Again, I'm not going to do it, really? okay. but like he's a he's an amazing GPP play. I love Chris Carson because everyone's going to be on Russ. Everyone's talking about let Russ cook, and again. There's more uncertainty with that than people want to believe. If they are up by a touchdown or ten points, are they going to let Russ throw, or are they going to go with what's comfortable with what they have always done, which is run the ball? And then Chris Carson's going to be running the ball. And Chris Carson's been a lot more involved in the pass game this year. There have been legitimate schemed looks for Chris Carson this year, and uh, he's six point six k in a great game script with a high team total, and nobody's talking about him. So, so I like Carson. Um, and then I, the guy that I will almost certainly have in my cash build this week—I don't want to say 100% yet—but Devin Singletary. Um, yes, Sanders, Taylor, and Drake are great. Singletary is really cheap. With Zach Moss out, he's going to be the lead back there. He could wind up getting 80% of the carries and 15% of the targets easily here in a matchup where you know the Rams are probably more attackable on the ground. And so I could see the Bills kind of trying to run the ball in this game, and uh, and he's so cheap for being a lead back. So as much as I like the other guys, I will probably sacrifice one of them and go with Singletary. Um, and I think Jared McKinnon is an option, and gpps at the very least.
1: I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the Week Three NFL DFS flex values based on Vegas Player Props tool that I make every Saturday morning over at RosterWatch.com, where I just go and I pull in all the all the props on all these different players and compare them versus their pricing on DraftKings and FanDuel and on DraftKings, Devin Singletary is showing up as the third best value based on his prop out of the 90 uh, props that I have in there so far, because he has, he has a 62 and a half rushing yard, a 2.5 reception prop, but this just juiced all the hell on the over. So you figure that that implies a a three, a three reception total and 19.5, uh, receiving yard total. And, and he's, he's minus minus one fifteen to score. He's, he's actually one of only probably eight guys who are, who are favorites to score at the running back position on this slate. So I agree with it about, I agree with it about Singletary. If I were going to get away from one of those three that we talked about earlier for cash, I think he would be somebody that I would consider Of course, chief. You've gone, you're, you're going to go off the board um, with some of the running backs that you like I'm sure. But what do you think about Zeke? What do you think about? Uh, and then what do you think about those three that, you know, those three original kind of get cash game plays that I talked about. I feel like Miles Sanders, probably going to be the most popular of them all.
2: Um, he's, then, he's the one that but, definitely feels the safest, like the best value. Like, I think you can poke a couple of holes in Taylor and, and in Drake, especially. Um, yeah, I mean, but there's really no holes to poke in in Sanders.
1: Right. I, what, is, what are the holes in in Jonathan Taylor, just just out of curiosity? For I mean, know, I, I guess what? the
3: whole –
2: Go
3: ahead. You you want to take? Let me let let me plug this in because Cardi, you know, this is something we talked about last week. If we take a touchdown away from Jonathan Taylor last week, he's still okay. He's not great, and one of the one of the things I talked about was I felt like he would only be on the field about sixty percent of the time. Well, I think it was sixty six percent, if I'm not mistaken. And and I don't I don't see that changing this week. I know he got in the end zone, uh, and it's not like I, I, I never felt like he was a bad play. The price was fine last week. Price is coming up, which, which if he's only going to be on the field 60% of the time, I'm, I'm just not as enthused. Uh, I'm going full fade on Jonathan Taylor this week, even against the Jets, but that's just because of the 66% market share and the ownership. It's, it's nothing more than that. I don't feel like he's terrible. It's just for a guy that's only going to be out there 60% of the time, priced up, everybody's on him, automatic fade.
2: Yeah, that that's one of my big concerns is that he didn't actually play as much as I think people are, are making him out to have played. Naheem Hines didn't get a single carry and normally he's gonna get, you know, ten or fifteen percent of them. So if they work him in a little bit more that concern. Why
1: are they, they going to play Najee Hines versus the Jets? They're going to beat these idiots by twenty-five points. Well, and then that's my other thing.
2: If they beat these idiots by twenty-five points, are they going to pound Taylor to run out the clock? Or are they going to work in some Jordan Wilkins to save Taylor? Like well, I think that, that's. Well, that,
1: I could. I could certainly see that. I, I. I. I think that's more likely than seeing much of Hines in some sort of run from behind game script. So yeah, I mean Wilkins. That could, God, how how tilting would that be? Seeing Jordan Wilkins dive in for a touchdown of twenty-one points. Um, <laughs> Uh, well, look, man, if you want to get off Taylor, here's what, what about, I, I want to ask chief about these two. What about, I was making some tournament lineups earlier and just saying like, you know what, I can't keep putting these cash lineups in tournaments. It just doesn't work. And I was saying, well, let me just put in, let me get some lineups with Derrick Henry and let me get some, some lineups with, with, with James Conner. What do you, th- what do you think about those two guys?
3: Uh, not as, not as high on Connor. I'm definitely going back to the well on Derrick Henry, uh, his ownership is still gonna be reasonable. I think he's gonna be around 20%. Um, that's a lot lower than what you know we were thinking last week. And look, when Derrick Henry doesn't get into the in, in into the end zone, uh, it's not gonna spell good for you. Uh but w- one of the things we know he's gonna do, he's gonna get the touches. Um, you know, 70 what's the price on him? Seventy-eight hundred this week. Mm-hmm. Uh very I, I feel like that's very reasonable for what he's gonna do. Matter of fact, we've got to project is that nine nine and a half percent on Derrick Henry this week, like, this is the time to take your shot. Like, this is the week. Go ahead and get him in against the Vikings. uh, Bad defense. Right. And and see what happens. I mean, I I think this is Derrick Henry week. I'm not hitting the lock button, but I've been playing fantasy long enough to know that You know, the week you hop off the good running back, you get mad and everybody's on Twitter with the, you know, with the flames and putting the money into the furnace. Like, you know, I I plan on having massive exposure to Derrick Henry. And while we're on that, uh, Zeke is still number one for me. I I know he's nine K, you know, until Zeke, you know, proves me otherwise. Full steam ahead with Zeke. He's my number one on the board for tournaments this week, period.
1: I'm surprised that Zeke is looks to be so heavily owned just because it figures that people will be p- so interested in playing the passing games there in that game with Dallas and with Seattle. But maybe what Jaminos figuring is that maybe they're stacking Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf or something like that. And that maybe they bring it back with, maybe more people are bringing it back with Zeke than maybe bringing it back with, with one of these wide receivers. As we continue sort of moving down here. I mean, we did, we haven't mentioned Dalvin or, I mean, you guys just stop me if there's one of these dudes who you're just super interested in. I, I like James Conner. I think Houston sucks. I think Benny Snell fumbled last week. Um, I, I think that the Pittsburgh defense is going to absolutely murder this. Like, I can't believe how much the Texans were talking about how their offensive line has improved. So that, that that offensive line still just sucks, and Deshaun Watson just takes sacks. So I like I like paying up for the Pittsburgh defense. I'm not sure many many people do it. And pairing him with James Conner, we've talked a little bit about Chris Carson. Austin Eckler, we haven't talked a lot about, but he's coming in. He's he's going to be taking on your Panthers that are coming to town. Chief, I mean, there's going to be some people who play Austin Eckler, but it looks like we have him at, what, 5% ownership? Yeah. Joshua I Kelly mean, is going to be what? Something like jo- his backup, Joshua. Seven. Hurt, his, his
3: 1B we're looking at. We got him projected but, like seven and a half right now.
1: Oh, okay. Well, I love, wow. Wow. Maybe I need more Joshua Kelly.
3: Well, look, I mean, you know, the the, the secret's kind of been out that the Carolina run defense has been terrible and guys have been scoring on them. And then they look and see what Fournette did and then they look and see what Josh Jacobs did the week before. And, you know, initially when I started the week, I thought that Eckler was going to be a lot higher on. But listen, Eckler is nothing but Jonathan Taylor with a little bit more name brand because he's been around. Like, he's not on the field, you know, as much as these workhorse backs – I'm more willing to invest in workhorse backs than I am guys that are, you know, only on the field 60, 70% of the time. So it's not like I don't like Eckler. Um, But if, if, if I'm going to play Eckler, Eckler is not a situation where I would play him and maybe the wide receivers together. That's just kind of me. Even I know we're used to him catching passes. Look at his target share for the year. The targets aren't there right now, like they were with Phillip Rivers. So, I'm I'm more inclined to not play Eklund and target the passing game a little bit more in that game.
1: Well, if, if if you if you look at it for the year though, that's one one Terod Taylor game and one Herbert game. So we'll, we'll I tend to wait. What happened with Herbert a little bit more? But um, I mean I, I I worry about Joshua Kelly too. And the better news now is it looks like Justin Jackson's doubtful. I can't believe it. You, so this, this but this run defense is going good. It am I seeing so so K one short is now doubtful. <laughs> I mean I I need more Joshua Kelly. Um Cardi, what do you think man? Um do you think there's anybody here in this sort of tier that we're just talking about? Chris you mentioned Chris Carson, Miles Sanders, you kind of thinks a lock and as we continue to look down here, Kenyon Drake, you know, you mentioned what? I mean, you said that there's ways to get off him, but do you want to get off him? Is do you just want to get off him because you want to play Kyler and Hopkins and it doesn't feel like a doesn't feel like a good correlation. How, what's the calculus there for? you?
2: Yeah, I mean, really, it's because I think you have these like four like really great cash game running backs. It's it's the three chalk ones. It's Taylor, it's Drake, it's Sanders, and it's Singletary. And you can only play three of them, so so you have to poke holes a little bit, and you have to figure out which builds just kind of make stuff work a little bit better. Right, right. So uh, I mean, I think you can get off Taylor. I think you can get off Drake. Um, my my biggest issue with Drake is what's his involvement in the passing game actually going to be because he hasn't been that involved this year. He's got like five or 6% of the targets both weeks. Um, Chase Edmonds has been running, you know, like, so, so Drake has gotten like basically double the snaps of Edmonds, but the, he's only run like 25% more pass routes and he's gotten half of the targets. And so that should correct itself to an extent, but like, is Drake really going to be a guy that is heavily involved in the passing game, especially now that they have Hopkins eating up a bunch of targets and everything else. Um, and, and it's a team that likes to pass the ball a lot to begin with. Like I said, it's it's the most pass-heavy offense in football. And, yeah, it's a good game script for running this week, so he'll be a little bit more involved in that way. And, and there's plenty of touchdown equity. But if he doesn't bounce back in terms of the target share, we have these guys, Singletary, Sanders, uh, Taylor – that we pretty much know with much more certainty are in that 10 to 15% target share range. And I don't think we have that same certainty with Drake. So I think that's, that's the one hole you can poke with him.
1: Drake, I will mention Drake has that same two and a half reception over, under with a lot of juice on the over. And one of the top guys popping here in in my Vegas tool as well, over at rosterwatch.com, he has a 77.5 rushing yard prop in a 17.5 receiving yard prop minus 185 to score this week. So it feels like maybe the books think it's going to be a get right spot for him. Overall, if you look at it, the seventh best value on the slate out of the 92 players that I've, that i pulled in. So, uh, man, and he's 6k compared to J, JT. Yeah, and,
2: and I'm not trying to say he's a bad play by any means. Like I really like Kenny Drake this week. I'm just saying there's a lot of good plays. And so we kind of need to think about this critically and like, right, which, Right.
1: Yeah. Um, well, so, uh, Cardi, let's just stick with you because you said you mentioned when we first came in. So you think there's four kind of very good, sort of lockish kind of cash plays. But when we first came in, you mentioned maybe there was something more like five to seven. Which guys have we not talked about? Are these more kind of the some 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 cheapies that that you have in mind? Is it the Mike Davises yeah. of the world, or guys like like what is it?
2: Yeah, the other guys would be like Zeke, um, Carson, okay. and McKinnon. Um, who we really didn't talk McKinnon. about McKinnon. at the start of the week. I was thinking McKinnon can wind up being chalky and, and he's not going to be. Um, but I do like McKinnon. I think there are definite holes to poke in him. How much work is he going to get on the ground, especially on this Met Life surface that just keeps injuring everybody for a guy crazy, that is coming huh? off a knee injury. I think that's the biggest thing with McKinnon, but especially with Kittle out, he's going to be involved in the pass game. You know, their top two backs are out. It's basically just him and Jeff Wilson and I forget his name. Some undrafted free agent that probably
3: won't see the field much. So like,
2: Michael Hasty. Yeah.
3: They call him up? yeah.
1: Um,
3: but they'll have use check on the field as well. They're, they're going to have a lot more fullback. I get yeah. not that he's going to be involved, but he's going right, to be soaking right. up soaking up snap counts for sure. Yeah, he'll, he'll be on the field. They don't use him to rush too much
2: historically. Yeah. I mean, maybe that changes. But uh, so so I do like McKinnon, um, and he's very cheap. And especially in GPPs with all these good running back plays, uh, I don't know if he's going to wind up being super popular. So so I do like him, especially if they do wind up giving him more of the groundwork than, than we can safely project.
3: Well, like- and and, and let, me, let me hop in here too for a minute, Alex, because I think Cardi hopping on McKinnon kind of leads me to – I'm not sure if we were headed there, but since we're there, I, I want to hop in here. This th- There's this group of cheap running backs, right, on this slate. You already talked about one in Singletary. McKinnon, you know, uh, was another one. Then you got Dion Lewis, who was another one. Mike Davis was another one. Montgomery from Chicago was another one. Like, you've got this group and and then trying to look and say, okay, you know, who is it going to be more advantageous to play? I don't want to play all these guys, but one or two of these guys could have, you know, slate-winning performances. And at those prices, if any of them get 20 points, uh, we're running to the bank. So – uh, I, you know, I, I think out of this group, you know, McKinnon's there. I really like David Montgomery this week. You know, I'm going to keep targeting Atlanta. Nothing's going to change. Um, and, you know, Montgomery isn't a guy that's on the field. He is still splitting with Tariq Cohen, which shocked me a little bit more than, than I wanted it to. But bottom line, you know, I, I think Montgomery's up there in, the, in that group as well with, with your McKinnon, with your Mike Davis, uh, you know, with your Deion Lewis's. I think that group, you know, you've kind of kind of made some tough calls there.
1: Um. What about Rex Burkhead?
2: Since
3: James, he's White the other got, guy. Mentioned James yeah. White got ruled out. I mean, he got yeah. six targets last
1: week.
2: Maybe. Yeah. Yep. Last week without White, he got like forty percent of the carries and like I think seventeen percent of the targets. Yeah.
3: I think it was six five. targets or something like that. Yeah. For four K, that's that's a nice workload, especially
2: against you know a Raiders D that's really not
3: very imposing.
2: Um, if you had, Bur- had hit the end zone with that usage, like he's a smash at that price.
1: I can't get either of you guys onto James Conner, can I? I'm just, I'm not gonna be able to. Nope, do
3: that. I'm not right. playing Conner this week. X button. not that, not that he's a bad play either. I'm just, I'm not doing it. Yeah, there's
2: just too much to like this week. I, he's just not in the the same tier as the other guys for me.
1: Fair enough. Is there anybody that you, is there anybody that you guys really love who we haven't gotten to? Um, you know, it looks like Philip Lindsay's out, so Melvin Gordon's gonna get a bad matchup all to himself once again. But he actually did okay. Uh, in a bad bad matchup last week uh, he's super super cheap I, I mean is anything I, I think we've hit on most of the most of the good plays and even most of some of the off the wall plays
2: yeah I think we pretty pretty thoroughly cover run
1: back on to wide receiver and boys mm-hmm. at the very top here we have DeAndre Hopkins Cardi what is the blitz doing about DeAndre Hopkins is auto stacking him with yeah, it's telling you to play DeAndre Hopkins
2: Hopkins was the top guy in the bullets last week ahead of chalk Devontae Adams. Um, and it's which we told you about here, on
1: the show. which we did
2: tell you about. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and it's, he's the clear top guy this week. He projects higher than the next guy by like three or four points. Um, you know, for all the reasons I like Kyler, super pass, heavy offense, super fast paced offense at home in the dome, the concerns that we had about Hopkins coming into the year that maybe the Cardinals would spread the ball out, you know, more if um, he wouldn't get that same big target share, that hasn't happened the past two weeks. He's had a 30%-plus target share. Um, he's not overly expensive. You're you're definitely playing Hopkins in cash this week. There's no way not to. Do you,
1: are, you, are you as into Hopkins, Chief?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there are certain weeks where, like I said, cash and tournaments are kind of going to work hand-in-hand hand at the top and then maybe we start differentiating it, you know, in the middle of the pack and some of these cheaper guys. But I mean, I think at the top, Hopkins is your guy for sure. I mean, sure hands, short sure target share, you know, high total game, bad defense. It's the perfect scenario, It's the perfect storm for
1: for for a cash game stooge like like me, uh, Chief. That's just that's just trying to trying to trying to learn how to be a better tournament player. Do because in in, in cash games, I legit don't. Care if I stack these guys if, if in, in a tournament if if I play Hopkins do I have to play Kyler or can I play Hopkins? Well, no, y-
3: you don't have to, but I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, I sure. if if I'm playing tournaments if I'm playing Kyler Murray, I'm probably playing Hopkins. If no, I'm playing no, Hopkins, yeah, I'm playing Kyler Murray. Okay,
2: okay. So that's interesting. If you play Kyler, I definitely see playing Hopkins. But like, let's say you have a different stack, you have some cheap stack, um, you know, that's going to be owned and, That's and kind of what I'm you can afford the best plays, and you can afford chalky plays because your stack is so low-owned. Why wouldn't you play Hopkins there because he's the best
3: play? Well, so g- good question. For me, a lot of times in tournaments, if I'm not going to play Hopkins, I'm going to go off the board and maybe spend up some – Like, so, for instance, I am going to have some cheap stacks, and in those cheap stacks I'm probably going to Zeke and Derrick Henry. I'm probably going to just stack running back and get away from all of the completely chalky wide receiver bills. Cause guess what? Everybody in tournaments is going to do that. They're going to stack a quarterback with his wide receiver, and then they're going to throw Hopkins in there. And then they're going to, you know, kind of run with it and get some of these cheap running back. If I go Zeke and I go Henry, which is probably what I'm going to do in tournaments full disclosure. And then I get me a little bit of Trubisky and I get me a little bit of Robinson and I get me a little bit of Russell Gage on the other side, who I'll talk about later, then I'm probably going to spend up at running back uh, and tight end. And, and, see, and so now my, my build in tournaments is just completely different than what everybody's expecting. And that's kind of why if I'm playing Hopkins, I'm playing Murray i am playing Murray, I'm playing Hopkins. I don't feel like I have to play Hopkins. Even I do still feel like he's the number one wide receiver. It's just getting a different build in tournaments.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. It, it it and also it just naturally feels like if you're in a tournament, you kind of just want to go for the whole enchilada. just get you want to get all the points. Uh you know, you want to double up all those points that DeAndre Hopkins scores. So, all right, well, thank you for that answer. Um as we go down here, look, I mean, Julio Jones is questionable. I I'm debating whether even to play him in some of my high-stakes season-long leagues. So, that means there's no way in hell I'm playing him in, in DFS. He is just too He's just too good a decoy. He's one of the him and Alshon Jeffrey are the two best decoys in the league. Whenever they're hurt, um, <laughs> Cal, what what about what about Calvin? What about Calvin Ridley though? His teammate, um, just you know, we talked about Allen Robinson a little bit earlier, and I know Chiefs probably going to talk about him, but you know, outside of AJ Green, the most fantasy points under expectation so far on the entire season for Allen Robinson, Calvin Ridley's the guy with the most. Uh, most fantasy points over expectation. He's a guy that's really overperformed in the touchdown scoring department and stuff. Uh, Stefan Diggs is right here underneath him. I don't know if Chief's going back to him or not. He sure looks – I mean, what a, what a call last week with him. Adam Thielen, sneakily, dude, I mean, this game, the, the Tennessee-Minnesota game has, has an almost 50-point total. No one's talking – the Chief, why is uh, – why is that not, a, why is that not of, 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 of interest to more people who are tournament players who want to play these guys nobody else is going to play in a high total game?
3: Well, I just think it's two teams that seem like they play uninspiring football. You know, they're not, they're not the splashy looking team. You know, they don't have a Russ can cook slogan. You know, they're not Atlanta throwing it around in the dome. You know what you're going to get for the most part with Tennessee, a heavy dose of Derrick Henry, some play action. And, you know, Tannehill's been slinging the ball around, but he's still not, you know, he's not Kyler Murray. He's not going to throw it, you know, close to 40 times. We'll get to a guy that, you know, a game where I think a guy's going to be throwing it around a lot. But I think that's why, you know, you got, you know, Kirk Cousins, who, you know, I always feel like just can't get it done in the playoffs enough. Uh, you know, the Vikings are, are pretty rough this season to start. And, you know, two, two guys where you kind of have bell cow backs, you know, they're going to be giving them the ball. I just think, People just don't like it. They don't, they don't like the way the game looks. You know, they don't like what how they feel like the game script is going to go. And for that reason, I think you know people are just off of them.
1: Cardi, you know that I don't look at the blitz before the show. I always like to be surprised by surprised by your answers and kind of kind of um, find out <laughs> here just live and in, in, in real time what it is you're thinking. But as we've gone through the show so far, I've kind of started putting together a cash lineup sort of what I think the blitz might do. And as I'm doing it, I'm beginning to realize. That you're probably not going to have any wide receivers in this tier besides DeAndre Hopkins. I think the next wide receiver that is going to pop in blitz optimals might even be down to like a maybe a CD Lamb or something like that. Is that kind of what we're looking at or what do you how's, how's well, it going to work?
2: Yeah, so it's a little mixed. Like you definitely want Hopkins. I do think it's possible, especially if you go Singletary, especially if you go cheap tight end. Um, it's possible to get one of these mid-tier guys. I'm not going all the way up to a Ridley or a Thielen um, Mm -hmm. because I think guys like Tyler Lockett and Allen Robinson are basically Mm -hmm. the same plays as them for cheaper. You you like
1: A-Rob? You like A-Rob this week?
2: Oh, I love (laughs) (laughs) A-Rob. Great, man. So – so
1: we all what? love
2: A. Rob, and oh, he's, he's only going to be like what? He's only going to be eight. going to be way too low owned. He's going to. He's just. He nice. plays for the Bears, and people don't want to play someone who plays for I, the Bears. I, dude, but I'm the good. spot can't be better here. Like the Bears are an underdog, so they're going to be throwing. They're in a dome, which we know the Blitz loves. They're against mm-hmm. a really bad opposing defense, and Allen Robinson has the highest target share, both in terms of projected target share and historical target share of anybody on the slate aside from DeAndre Hopkins. Like, he has the safest volume of anyone on the slate besides DeAndre Hopkins. And you can even make the case that his is safer because Hopkins has only played two games with the Cardinals thus far. Like, Robinson is in such a good spot, and people are overlooking him because he's a bear.
3: Oh, man. I got to get know, on, on this action, Cardi. If I could hold up my notebook, I told you guys I got a notebook. Allen Robinson is at the top of my list with a star. Number one wide receiver that's grading out for me in tournaments this week in terms of price, ownership, matchup. <laughs> like, number one. There's, I just, I, I would almost lock button Robinson the way I wanted to do Stefan Diggs last week. Uh, it's just, like you said, it's nowhere. I don't see how Allen Robinson is projected to be lower on the DK Metcalf and, um, and, and, uh Jesus, the other guy from from Seattle, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. I don't understand that they're both on the same team, and they both are in the twenties. And we've got Robinson here down here at ten percent. Now, I am going to go against Cardi a little bit on this one because I'm so heavily invested in this game. I am going to have a fair amount of Calvin Ridley because I, because this is the game I'm going to stack up yet oh, again. Like I'm I not.
2: This way. Yeah, yeah.
3: I, I'm not. I'm going to probably stack every Atlanta game from now through the end of the season if they continue to play this bad Uh, and and I know this guy's a little bit cheaper, but while we're on this game, I did want to highlight Russell Gage, especially if Julio is questionable and he's going to be a decoy. We saw Russell Gage is at a 75% snap share on the season snap share, 69% week one, 81% week two. I think they're going to have to continue to throw the ball to win. And if you look at his target share, you know, he's right up there with the rest of these guys. Now, Russell Gage has a 23% target share on the season. Do I think a lot of that is contributing to Julio having an injury? Absolutely. But it still doesn't take away the fact that Russell Gage had 12 targets in week one, nine targets in week two. I'm expecting a similar thing, and he's not going to have any ownership. I, I, Russell Gage is, a, is another guy, one of my cheap guys, I'm going to have massive exposure to in tournaments, especially on the other side with my Trubisky Robinson uh And uh Trubisky Robinson stacks. It's just it, it has to happen. Wanted to highlight him because these numbers really jumped off the page for me this week.
1: Cardi, we we sort of flew, flew through the uh, the mid range there. Just a couple guys I'd like to circle back on and just kind of see what the blitz thinks. What, what how does it how does it make nuts and bolts of whatever the hell's going on between Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith Schuster? Um, how how do you have those guys projecting? Do you do you do you to take into account that um. Deontay looks like he'll probably have the tougher, tougher matchup this, this week, Uh, a a matchup that is, you know, giving trouble to good players like um, Marquise Brown and fast players, Marquise Brown and Tyreek Hill.
2: Um, Yeah. Sorry. I'm distracted by the guy in the chat who says, I don't watch football. I've clearly never seen the bears play and uh, I don't care. Like, well, obviously I watch football. Obviously I've seen the bears play. I don't care that the bears are a bad offense. Because it's about more than whether you think an offense is good or bad. So we've seen Trubisky and domes before. I've watched him in domes when my roster on week one, Thanksgiving last year. He's not as bad as you think, guys. In these spots, um, literally, literally, literally,
1: all I watched 365 days a year is God the NFL. And Robinson's the guy. Like Robinson, Allen an awesome, awesome player, and he's a, and he's a great play this this week. Um, what? Uh, but yeah, what, what, about, what about what about Juju versus versus Deontay?
2: Yeah, I mean, is too expensive. I'm definitely not playing Juju. Um, Deontay is still pretty cheap. The Blitz liked him a lot last week. It Likes him a decent amount this week. Um, you know, he's been, you know, even though Juju is like the flashier name there, Deontay's been the one getting more of the targets. He's gotten 30-plus percent of the targets this year, and that is probably going to come down. But they do like him. Ben came out and said yesterday, he's like, you know, I want to focus this week on, on building my – my rapport with Deontay Johnson's like, dude, you've already thrown the ball 30% of the time. You're going you're gonna to throw up to him more now? Like, right. <laughs> um, I mean, just from a narrative perspective, which I don't like narratives, like that has to pique your interest a little bit. Um, and he's 5,400. I don't think I'm going to be able to get there because I would rather just pay the extra 800 for Robinson or a uh, thousand or for Lockett. But I do like Johnson. And if there's a way to make him work as my third wide receiver, which I don't know if there is, um, I do like
1: him. CD, C.D. Lamb or, or Deontay Johnson for the for the Blitz this week at 50? Um, it, uh, it likes
2: Johnson a little more than Lamb, I think.
1: Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I'll be – we'll talk about Lamb after a while. I I, I love Lamb, just an, an incredible matchup for him. He's playing like 85% of his – I don't have an exact number pulled. I thought I looked at it earlier. I had it pulled. I think it was like 85, maybe 89% of his snaps out of the slot where they, these guys have just been – Absolutely, getting murdered this year. Uh, we did. What about just Marvin Jones? Since we, since you, you guys like that game. I like that game uh, out in the out out in the desert in the in, in the um, in the dome. Do you guys any interest in Marvin Jones now that Kenny Galladay's back? There's a weird part of me that sort of thinks that with Galladay back and Galladay saying that he's not going to be 100. percent Maybe Galladay draws some attention away from Jones, and maybe Jones can get off this week once people are all off of him. Any interest there or
2: I'm curious because I like it in theory. Like I like it as a stack because the game's going to be paced up because it is in the dome because it is is good game script and because Jones and Galladay are are clearly going to be the two guys at the top of the target tree. Is that game going to be popular? Like, do we think people are going to stack that because everyone sees the high total? Because you know they're going to say, you know what, I don't want to play Chalky Arizona. I'm just going to stack the other side of that game. Um, because if it's not super popular, I like it, but if it gets too popular, then, you know, I prefer something like maybe the bears or some of the other ones we'll talk about. What do you think
1: chief? Do you, do you think do you, uh, it doesn't, Jamino doesn't seem, I mean, he has Marvin Jones at 5%. And you know what? We haven't even talked about our, our, our golden son, Terry McLaurin, that's right there next to him. Like I, if I had the extra hundred bucks, I think I would move up to move, move up to, to McLaurin over, over Marvin Jones. What do you think about, uh, playing Marvin in the, in, in this spot? What do you think about McLaurin or anybody else in that? Sort of yeah, thing.
3: I mean, it, look, man, it, football has kind of shown us that even though we don't have to go full game stack, one of these receivers is going to have to have a good day.
1: We are back. Sorry for those technical difficulties, but we should be back on the rails now. As Chief was talking about the uh, Detroit at Arizona game, the passing games there specifically, Marvin Jones, Chief, take, take it away, brother.
3: Yeah, man, I, I think, you know, if we're going to be stacking, you know, a lot of Murray to Hopkins, I definitely think we want to get someone on the, on the other side. Uh, you know, Galladay, Jones, Amandola, these guys, I, I think that's the way to go. Maybe you're throwing some T, TJ Hawkinson as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's the way to go, especially when you're looking at the ownership projections for the passing game for Detroit. It's astronomically low. I, I mean, I didn't expect anybody to be, that low, but I mean, you got Jones projected at five, Hawkinson projected at 2.3, Galladay projected at one because of, you know, the possibility of an injury, and you've got Hopkins at 31 and Murray at 18. This could easily win you a tournament just with, you know, having a chalky Murray and, and Hopkins, right. and running a little bit of Marvin Jones on the other side could win you a tournament easily, boom, just like that. So, because, I, I really like because it. Because it's the right thing to do. It's like, it's the smart it's absolutely thing absolutely the do, right thing to do. And it's also going to be low-owned.
1: So yes. it's like hey 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 why not? I know you wanted to talk about Tyler Boyd. Let's let's hear it, Chief.
3: Yeah, listen, man. So Tyler Boyd, if you look at the, the, the overall numbers just in a blanket, you're gonna see that his target share isn't where you know we would we would like for it to be, only at about thirteen percent on the season. But as we progress, one of the things I see from Tyler Boyd, he's on the field a lot more than AJ Green, uh by about 10% as of right now. Uh, well, 14 percent of the season. A.J. Green is on the on the field, 71 percent of the time. Tyler Boyd, 85 percent. Tyler Boyd's running routes about 100 percent of the time. They're going to start getting this guy the ball, I think, a little bit more in space uh, out of the slot outside. I think they'll get creative to find ways to get in the ball. No better week to start than against the lowly Philadelphia Eagles on the road uh, where they'll probably have to throw a little bit more. Joe Mixon's been uninspiring. Joe Burrow's been throwing the ball so much. Uh, 36 times week one, 61 times week two. I think he's going to be around that this week. Tyler Boyd is a sneaky play for me this week in tournaments. A guy that's not going to get any ownership, but is really on the field most of the time for this offense. Cardi,
1: I'm just, like I said, as I'm going through this, I kind of try to put together a lineup with some of the guys. I know the blitz is probably going to put put in the optimal I've been going through it. I've been going through it. I said, how the, how the hell is Cardi going to fit in? You know, JT and Miles Sanders. And, you know, and if, if he wants Kyler and he wants DeAndre Hopkins and he thinks he can pay up for an Allen Robinson, you know, even if I pay down at defense, even if I pay down at tight end, something like that, how's he going to make it work? There's still enough money left to, 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 to make it work. Let me go jump off a bridge real quick <laughs> because I think I know what you're about to say about how, how you're going to make this
3: work.
2: I, th- I think you're going to get it. So w- what's the guess? Hogan. Hogan's definitely one way to make it work. You have to pay down <laughs> at your third wide receiver spot. And Hogan is a guy you can do it with. Um, it's not pretty. It's not fun. And nobody wants to play the Jets. Nobody wants to play Chris Hogan. See, Chris Hogan's you're, yeah, yeah but Crow- yeah, Crowder and Perryman are out. They're like, almost two touchdown underdogs. So unless Gase is just legitimately the worst coach in history, they're going to have to throw to a certain extent this week. Um, They're in a dome potentially, unless they open the roof like they did last week. And Hogan last week got 30% of the targets and he's got like 15 or 16 DraftKings points at 3,700. If he does that again or anything close to it, that that's a smash. And so I think Hogan is viable. I think Braxton Barrios is viable. I think Josh Maloney is viable. Um, and it's not fun. It's not pretty. But, you know, if these guys get you 10 points for the price, that's probably enough. Um, and I do think there's other cheap guys you can do. Like Adam Humphreys is 3,900. And uh, Corey, or, uh, A.J. Brown is out again. Humphreys has been getting, like, 20% of the targets with Brown out. So Humphreys is really interesting in a high total game that we talked about before. Like, this is definitely the cheap way to get, you know, one of the heavier pieces of one of these offenses. Um, and then, uh, and then there's KJ Hamler, who's who's 3K, and he's really interesting. With uh, I'd with Hamler,
1: I mean, I can't believe, dude, dude. I didn't even know that Josh Malone plays on the Jets. Now, when was he signed?
2: Was he signed this I week? Think they brought him up from the practice squad last week, maybe or something. Because like they just have nobody. They have no bodies. And and actually, so, Barrios is injured. They have to throw to somebody.
1: <laughs> Hogan's been injured all week. Gase is terrible. I mean, I, I I did, dude, I'll I'll tell you what it is. It's mouthwatering to see what you can do. If you can pay down for like a Hamler, he's Hamler's three K and Hamler is a legit, like that's a legit prospect. That's a legit player. That's a good player. I just don't, I mean, it's so much is unknown with him and, and, and with, and with Jeff Driscoll and everything else with that offense. Um, that, that's the
2: issue with him is that there is so much unknowns with the offense, with Driscoll now, you know, with uh you know, with something out, like who is going to get the targets, who's gonna get the targets in this spot. And the thing that's really kind of drawing me off him a little more is is the wind there. It's looking like it's gonna be like twenty mile an hour winds, which is not not ideal for passing attacks. Um, especially for a passing attack that without their starting quarterback will probably already be leaning on the run more to begin with.
1: And, and, and the fact that Hamler is a, is a four, is, could be a sub four, three burner that you want to get downfield. You know, like that's, that's how he's going to, you know, if he's going to break, break a play wide open, it's probably going to be on, be on something deep. So that's, that's good to know. Um, Jesus. I can't believe it's I I mean, I can't believe it's even been put in, put into my head that I might have to think about these guys in cash, but boy, the lineup you put together is better. It's definitely better. It, it, those guys can just get. Those guys can. Get, I mean, if if I could get fourteen points out of Hogan,
2: you know, that that is that's is all you need, and, and that makes lots of other stuff work, and that is fantastic. I think I mean, feels I hate, a little safer, but thing.
1: yeah, I think it stinks. I think it stinks to high hell, man, to have to worry about depending on these jets. Man. You, you can get away I mean, with
3: twelve from Hogan this week easily. I, I can mean, take twelve. I, yeah, if, if, that's what I'm if, saying. If, he's too if, cheap.
1: If our guaranteed, tw- Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm already tilted and the games are 24 hours from kicking off, boys. Is, is, is there, any, is there anybody, anybody else you want to talk about at wide receiver? Do you guys want to fly through tight end? I mean, we
2: just talked about Chris Hogan and Josh Malone. Like, do we really have anyone else to possibly talk about?
1: No, let's move on to tight end. <laughs> uh, uh, what, do you guys do, what are you guys doing? I don't know. At tight end this week, I've been finding myself putting in maybe Jordan Reed. Uh, I like putting in uh, Drew Sample. And I like putting in Logan Thomas. I find myself paying down. I know that's probably different from what you're doing, Chief. You have mentioned earlier that you, you've been paying up at tight end this week. I haven't been able to find any budget to, to do it. Maybe that has to do with Higby being so much cheaper on FanDuel than he is on DraftKings, though. What is,
3: what,
1: is the,
3: what, what is it that you're doing at the tight end spot? Listen, man, number one tight end on the board for me this week, Hunter Henry. Uh, I, I, it, it's Hunter Henry week for me. I've talked about, you love you know, these the charges I'm, I'm telling you right now, I, I like the charges this week, um, charges and, and, and bears, but, uh, Justin Herbert or Hunter Henry, I, I think it's a connection and look, the numbers are there. It's not just because they're playing Carolina. Let's look at these numbers. Hunter Henry on the season has a 26% target share, 27% week one, 25% week two, uh, you know, is on the field, roughly 80% of the time. Uh, This is a guy that I really like eight targets respectively week one and week two. We're not getting that from some wide receivers. Hunter Henry is if I'm not mistaken is 4,800 this week on DraftKings. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Um, But at any rate Hunter Henry grades out as the number one tight end for me in tournaments this week, we've got him projected at roughly 9.7%. I think that's right there with the best of them. You know, if you're looking at fan do ownership, uh, and I'm trying to, to get to that. Uh, we've got him at six and a half percent on FanDuel at 6K. Uh, no way I'm not playing Hunter Henry this week at tight end. Just just no way. Number one tight end on the board for me. Uh,
1: all right. So a strong take there on, on Hunter Henry. Uh, Cardi, what is the Blitz doing? Is it paying down? I'm assuming it's paying down. It has to be paying down.
2: Yeah, I mean, it depends on the kind of build you're doing. If you're doing the build where you're playing a Hogan or a Humphreys um, or a Hamler, then you're probably um, trying to pay up for for a Robinson or a Lockett for three running backs uh, for Kyler. And so going down at tight end is is probably what you want to do. Logan Thomas is the tight end that I like going down to the most. He's gotten like 30% of these targets this year, and that's going to come down. But even if it only comes down to like 20%, um, that's still really good. This is an offense that we still do project to be on the pass side of the ball, to be somewhat fast-paced. It's a solid enough matchup. Um, You know, I think he's totally fine this week. It sounds like he's going to be fairly chalky. Not like I think he's a smash play, but I think he's a good enough play where you can certainly play him there. Um, I think it's also possible to go up a little bit into that Henry range. I like Henry. Um, I might like Ertz and Goddard a little bit more. Um, Is there one that you like better? It's I mean, like they're, it's, it's like they're almost the same price now. It's crazy, yeah, but almost the same price. So I still think you have to lean Ertz, although his targets have definitely been down this year and Goddard's have been up. Um, I think they're close. If you have the extra 200, you probably play Ertz, but it's basically a coin flip. Um, you know, it's a good matchup. It's a, uh, it's a projects to be a, a very fast paced game here. And, and the, like we said, the target tree is pretty condensed. So I really like Ertz. I like Goddard. They're very talented tight ends. It's a team that likes the pass to begin with. Um, so I like them quite a bit, and I really like them in a GPP setting, especially if Miles Sa- with Miles Sanders going to be so chalky, a little – even just a mini-eagle stack with Wentz and one of these guys or Wentz, Wentz and both of these guys even I don't hate um, as leverage off of Sanders chalk I think could be very sneaky this week. Uh, and then
1: Chief mentioned earlier TJ Hawkinson. I mean, I mean, love. I mean, I love that play. I still have memories of him. Down in Arizona in Week One of last season, like looking like he was going to be the next Gronkowski. So, um, you know, you you remember that game. And then I don't think it's like Two point two percent owned. That's crazy. And I, you know what? I'll also agree with Chief that uh, our 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 model at, uh, our model over at Roster Watch for our uh, our D, our DFS model had Hunter Henry as the as the top play as well on on the slate. So if he's going to be eleven point three percent owned. Is that one of the top ownerships? I mean, is he going to be pretty heavily owned, I guess? I mean, look at the others. Like, none of these other – Zachary, he's going to be probably about as – I guess so the secret's a little bit out there with Hunter Henry, but still it looks like it's going to be pretty evenly spread out as far as ownership at at the tight end position. Those are the only ones that I can – I mean, who else? Anybody else? I mean, Dalton Schultz, can you go back to him in this game? I didn't hear either of you guys mention Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed has a a a four-and-a-half reception – uh, prop with heavy juice on the over, you know, everybody's hurt there. Any interest there? I mean, you, you gotta get up to 4k to get to him.
2: Yeah. I mean, with kid out again, four and a half sounds, it sounds really high to me. I know the blitz is under that. Um, but if we really think that he's going to be like the leading target guy there, then yeah, he, he's great at that price. I hate to say it, especially because everyone in chat is like, there's no way Chris Hogan even gets eight points. Um, but Chris Herndon. I think going back to Chris Herndon, maybe not in cash because I think there's concerns in cash, but in GBPs after people liked Herndon last week and he completely flopped, no one's going to want to play Herndon this week. The spot is just as good, if not better. It, no, it's, it's better. Um, and uh, and no one's going to have him. I think the biggest concern is that last week they kept him in the block a lot more than anyone expected them to because Adam Gates just has no idea what he's doing as a football coach. But – I mean, this week they have two linemen out, and so so he could be in the block again. But on the chance that he's out running more or he catches a touchdown or whatever, like uh, 3400 for Herndon at like 1% or 2% ownership potentially, um, I, I think he's totally, totally fine here. Um, and people really, like it's one of the biggest mistakes you see people make in DFS is they tend to overrate how good the good people are, and they tend to underrate how bad the bad people are like yeah yes. the jets are bad no one is complaining no one is denying that the jets are bad but the jets are still going to be expected to score at least one or two touchdowns here because on average that is what bad teams do they're not going to score no touchdowns they're not going to have no yards um and and the ball has to go somewhere
1: and it and it's the and it's the NFL you know who knows how any of this stuff ever you know how any of this stuff ever really Really goes. All right. um, Boys, it's time for the blitz survey. So why don't, uh, why don't one of you guys start? How about Cardi? We'll start with you. Ask your question for chief and I. All right.
2: um, So I guess the question, I have two questions. All right. The better one. So of these, let's say these three chalky running backs, Taylor Sanders, Drake, I want to play Singletary. So I need to cut one of these guys loose. Which which is the guy that would be out for you?
1: Uh, I say I would only say Drake, just because I would then say I'm going to play Kyler and DeAndre Hopkins, and I'm going to hope that he gets somehow scripted out of the game. <laughs> like that would be my reasoning.
3: Yeah, say, same for me, man. I, I think it's going to be Drake. Um, I I don't think I can cut ties with Miles Sanders and Cash at all. Just 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 no way. So definitely would- be Drake for me.
2: Good, that my, makes me feel better because Drake, Drake's the one that's out of my current build. So, and I feel bad about it because I really do like Drake, but um, that is the way I'm leaning.
1: Have you guys seen the props on, on the the prop this week on Miles Sanders? It's just outrageous 82 and a half rushing yards for uh, three and a half receptions with juice on the over, and 27.5 receiving yards and minus 165 to score for 6,400. It's like, I mean, oh. He has 110 total yard prop for, for 6,400 and he's minus 165. So, yeah, I can't get away from that in cash. Um, do you, uh, so, but did you say you had two questions or is, is that, is that just going to be your, your, your question? And then, and then we
2: move on. Cardi. Did you have another a- one? Sorry, I get distracted by the chat. Um oh no I- <laughs> <laughs> why are you
1: gonna listen to the trolls in the chat, man? Uh all right, so let's just move on. Chief, what is your question
3: for us? Yeah, man, I, I think my question is, and I know this this sounds crazy, but how do you guys feel about Kyler Murray in in tournaments now, if the ownership continues to creep up? Now I'm gonna give you my my synopsis on it, but right now we got him close to 20%. As the day goes on and guys look at the early players from their games, how, how how do you feel about guys thinking, you know, maybe I got to swap off of, you know, some of these Dak shares and get to uh, Kyler Murray's shares because now I'm behind the field. How high do you think he, he actually gets by the end of the day with us having them around 18% right now?
1: Might it be the opposite? It, it, the good, it's, it's good players that, you, that, that utilize late swap. It's good players. And if they're good players, they're going to know, Kyler is set to be hot high, more highly owned than Dak or Russ. And so if I can find any extra cash to say like, all right, I get off the Andre Hopkins. I get off Kyler. I can pay down to Tyler Lockett and that will give me the money to get up to Russell Wilson or something. I, I think that more people, if they're busting it early, they'll get off the Kyler D hop stack and they'll go to, they'll go to Dak Amari, Dak, you know, CD, uh, Russ DK or Tyler Lockett and they'll get off of that. I, I, I think ownership could go the other way, but I just, I, I don't think it's a big, I just, I'm not sure how many people late swap. I, I don't know what the numbers are in that. I have the impression that um, I guess, depending on your buy-in level, probably with as the buying levels go up, it probably goes up, but I'm not sure how many people do late swap to where that would really matter, but I, I, I think it would
2: go the other way. Yeah, I can certainly see the late swap kind of lowering it a little bit, but I mean I think he's clearly the best play, and I think a lot of people recognize that. And so I do think he'll get pretty high. I think if you're playing Kyler stacks, you want to probably find a way to make it different. Like Will said, bring it back with Marvin Jones. Um, you know, maybe play Dan Arnold in the stack, or just like or Andy Isabella with Christian Kirk out. Like there's ways to to make it not as chalky as everyone else's Kyler Hopkins stack is gonna be. And that's not to say don't play Hopkins, too, um, because he's great. But, like, find, find a way to make it different if you're going to do it, even if it's just around your stack with your one-offs. Make, make them different.
1: Well, this isn't a very original one, boys, but let me just uh, – let me ask you. Uh, every week so far for the last two weeks, I've been able to identify a defense that I liked. that's pretty cheap. This week I can't. I don't like any mm-hmm. of them. The cheapest I've been able to find is the Eagles at 2,800. Um, I believe they're 2,800. How much are they? Yeah, games? I think that's right. Yeah, so they're 2,800. It looks, though, like they're going to be, geez. I mean, it looks like I'm not the only one that's made this discovery of this cheap defense. <laughs> Jamino has them at 16% ownership. Do you take into account defensive ownerships? I know in cash it doesn't matter. Chief, does it matter to you? And also, if there's a cheap defense that you can play this week besides the Eagles, which one is it?
3: I don't really take it into account too much if, you know, I I will say I think streaming cheap defenses against backup quarterbacks is always a good idea. And so while everybody's, you know, while we've been talking about the Colts against the Jets, Phillip Rivers is a turnover machine. Uh, I feel like the Jets are guaranteed at least one, one interception in in this game. I mean, with Phillip Rivers, just making a bad read downfield, I'm not saying they're not going to get scored on, but, man, what, what if they take one to the house at 2K? You know, uh, I, and, and look, the Jets already have some ownership. But for me, I think it would be the Jets. And uh, it would probably be the Giants against uh, Nick Mullins. And not, we know that Nick Mullins has come in and done this before. Right, like right. I said, just, just looking at, you know, backup quarterbacks, I, I don't mind taking defenses against them.
1: At, yeah, and the, right, backup quarterbacks traveling from the West Coast. For, you know, for an early for 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 an early that is a noon game, isn't it? yeah? For a noon game or a one PM Eastern game, uh, Cardi, what what about you, brother? Defense that I could uh, just a lock defense that I can get for rock bottom prices.
2: Yeah, so I mean, the, the Blitz is jamming in a lot of Eagles because they just seem like the best point per dollar. But I don't I don't hate going cheaper because defense really doesn't matter. Uh, we'll mention the Jets. I think the Jets are fine, and I think the Texans are. They're like two point one K. They're they're totally fine. You know. Steelers want to throw. There's a chance for a pick. There's chances for sacks there. Um, so I mean, I don't love the chief defenses this week, but it's defense. So anyone like that's fine.
1: So uh, we'll move on to the last segment here, four-man conviction. But first, we have to we have to bequeath a uh, a quarterback on Derek Cardi who lost last week. I weekend. think this is the first time I'm being
2: saddled with a uh, with yeah. a quarterback. So make it good, who do I. Yeah.
1: It's a uh, he lost by one third of a point. I was the big loser until the very end. I think that Kyler took it. Took a knee. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my
3: <laughs> goodness! Yeah, like
1: Cardi. Cardi just said, "Did I really just lose in the DMs?" I said, "No, you didn't just lose. Like you, 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 you. He had overtaken me. You know, five ten minutes earlier. And I looked back, and apparently he'd lost points somehow. So um, thankful for that. We're gonna have to choose one for Cardi. I don't know. What do you? Uh, what do you?" And each week we we play a four man with our with our senior producer uh, Simon Edwards. Uh, I think Chief took it down last week, or, or was
3: it Simon? Nah, listen, Simon squeezed me out, man. I, I didn't okay. get any really good good tight end points there, and Simon took it down last week. I came in in a, a lowly second.
1: So the lose the big loser each week gets his gets his quarterback picked for us, and I mean I'll just nominate him since he's a guy that guy that Cardi brought up anyway. What about Darnold?
3: What about Darnold? Uh, yeah? <laughs> About Darnold, he I figured it, Darnold. it was. And if if Sam Darnold, the Chris Hogan stacks beat us this week, we need to stop right now.
1: He's gonna he's gonna have all the cash in the world left over. He's if gonna you put give it me in. Darnold,
2: I will play Hogan with him, and I will get all of the expensive stuff around. He'll get everything else. What
1: do you think? <laughs> Darnold is it, it? It's it.
2: It has to be Darnold. He all sort right. of half he
1: sort of half recommended Darnold a little bit. Yeah,
2: I'll, I'll play Darnold in the format. Okay.
1: I will right, not play right. him in my other games. Okay. <laughs> At okay. least my cash. So uh so he is Derek Cardi. You can find him again at Derek Cardi on Twitter. You can find him here on Roto Grinders, uh MLB, NFL stuff. The Blitz package is available with that package. You get not only the the um content from the model, but also different stuff from Cardi all week. You know, Cardi, you do a video chat or something like that. You you put out special stuff for people who have the who have the Blitz package, correct? It's yeah, I do a
2: long podcast every week talking about why the Blitz likes or dislikes certain guys, good chalk, bad chalk, um, you know, game paced stuff, like all kinds of stuff like that. Okay, um,
1: okay. So yeah, just it's all it's all right right there uh, on the Roto Grinders homepage. Make sure and go check it out. And again, find him on Twitter at Derek Carty. Of course, we have the Chief Justice at Chief Justice Oh Six on Twitter. Will Priester, find him across the uh, all the DFS streets and across all of the different sports here on. Roto Grinders, basketball, baseball, football. Um, I don't even, Chief, do you even do like video games and stuff? You haven't gotten into that, have you?
3: No, 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 no esports. <laughs> okay,
1: okay. Uh,
3: uh, my name Alex Dunlap. No esports for me either.
1: You can find me on Twitter at Roster Watch. You can hear me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio for game days, uh, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern, kicking off a great slate of programming over there early morning. And of course, the Roster Watch podcast, all my content over at rosterwash.com. All right, boys, it's that glorious time of the week where we talk about our conviction plays, plays that are our favorite plays on the slate, and plays that we all but guarantee, barring uh, any big news uh, that changes line of constructions, et cetera, that we will be using against one another in the foreman. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming we can move the foreman back to back to DraftKings this week, th- this week Chief.
3: We'll talk about it.
2: <laughs> okay right. I, 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 I'm, gonna keep I'm, the, I'm playing Sam Darnold we're playing on draft <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all
1: right all right all right all right Con- conviction plays boys and we will use DraftKings pricing for these who's going first oh I'm sorry Cardi we start with you
2: um yeah it's tough because I don't know how my roster construction is going to work with with Darnold and and Hogan normally I'd probably go with a guy like Singletary um but uh I mean, easily Kyler and Hopkins, for sure. Kyler and Hopkins, but I'm going to say Allen Robinson. I think there's a good chance with the money uh, with Darnold, I'll have have Allen Robinson and he's going to be way too low on this week. Like he's
3: such a good play. Love it. Absolutely love it. What do you think chief? Listen, man, you, you know, my play, I'm guaranteeing you that my, my play, my off the board play is going to be a conviction play every week, weeks two through 16. This is week three. This is a guy no one's probably expecting. I've talked about him already. Uh, he's going to be a household favorite of mine if, if he keeps pulling out this type of production. Russell Gage is guaranteed to be in my lineup this week uh, from from your Atlanta Falcons. Russell Gage, people.
1: All right, I, I'm gonna. I was going to. I was going to make my conviction play the grossest one yet because I think I am going to play Larry Fitzgerald against you guys in 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 cash. Uh, I, I just I think with Christian Kirk out, I think that it's just. It's the old, It's 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 the ultimate way to get leverage against you guys that I know we're going to be playing Hopkins and just a, a big a big prop this week. If you go look at his props, man, one of the one of the uh, one of the I mean, they have met five and a half receptions with with juice on the over, so it could be a Larry Legend week. But for me, I mean, the the guy I have the most conviction in, on on this whole slate is Miles Sanders. He's 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 going to beast. I'm not sure there's going to be a single lineup I have in tournaments or in cash that doesn't include him for better or for worse. So. For the Chief Justice, Will Priester. For Derek Cardy, I am Alex Dunlap. It's been the Blitz Week 3. We're getting the hell out of here.